The following is a presentation of the Open Door Bible Baptist Church and Pastor Chris Tice. For more audio and video content, please check us out on the web at www.opendoornj.org. There was a day, it's coming up, the Jewish people celebrated this month called Yom Kippur or Yom Kippur. I was raised in a Jewish Orthodox neighborhood in South Philadelphia. Parents from Italy, Jewish Orthodox neighborhood, and they sent me to an all-Irish school. I really have issues. I really, really do. I mean, I wanted to be Jewish after 3 o'clock. I wanted to be Irish from 8 o'clock to 3 o'clock. So I wanted to have blonde hair and blue eyes. Amen. And uh, my sisters had beards and mustaches. Italian girls, you know. <laughs> sister, sister, the kid's eating grass. He's got a great, that was broccoli rob. That's not grass. That's broccoli rob. You've got to be kidding me. And so I fought every day at school, and then I fought on the way home. I fought the kids that had yarmulkes on. Take your yarmulke off and fight me. <laughs> take it off. Go ahead. I need, take it off. I'll knock you right out. You whatever. Anyway, it was strong Jewish influence in my life. And they celebrated Yom Kippur. And I remember them. They, were go- they would take and empty their pockets and down to the lint. They would empty their pockets. Some of them would even go down to the seashore based on a psalm that says, I placed your sins in the depths of the sea. They would clean everything. You know, right following Yom Kippur is the... Is the uh, New Year's, they celebrate New Year's, but they get their sins straightened out, Rosh Hashanah. And you know what said seventh month? You know, number seven to a Jew rings something. Seventh day is a rest. Seventh week, the feast of weeks is a rest. The seventh month is a rest. The seventh year, whole year off. I was like that for school, guys. Amen. And these people said, I believe in we ought to worship on Saturday. I said, you ought to worship every seventh week then, every seventh month then, and that seventh year, you can't work for a whole year. And they, don't want to, they want to change the subject of the Sabbath so all of a sudden. I said the word Sabbaths, it's plural. Seventh month, time to rest. Rest in what? On the tenth day, ten commandments. Each day to reflect on the one you broke. And then God pours the blood on the altar. Boom! There it is. I didn't fix you, but I made a way you can't be fixed in a sense. Amen? You can't fix yourself, but I can fix the problem. I made a way that you and I can have fellowship. But that's humiliating. I want, to, I want to be good. God says, Adam messed you up. We talked about that, did not we, Sunday night, on the DNA, bad DNA, how to get rid of bad DNA. And so uh, you, you, just, you just can't. So God made a way. And so here's the problem with this teaching. The Jewish people still do it today. And I think the Christian community adopted. I know the Catholic Church adopted it. Many religions adopted this theory, philosophy, and were warned forth philosophies. When a Jewish man's coming to the of Yom Kippur, this year, this month, he's looking back since last Yom Kippur, all the sins he committed, you see? And he's going to get all these sins he committed this past year forgiven. He starts the new year brand new. Mm-mm. That's wrong philosophy. That's wrong philosophy. And so... This supply that God places on the altar, I don't believe, I believe biblically, it's not for the past year. It's on the altar for the coming year. New year, new blood, new source. Wow. So instead of looking forward to my forgiveness, we look backward to our forgiveness. We don't look for future, we look for history. See? And so because they did this, the Catholic Church is a Catholic boy. Uh, I carried my sins for a whole week. 
Bless me, Father, if I sin, I, I absolve the earner, say 7,000 Hail Marys, go burn the church down. He's not a candle big enough for you. Amen. <laughs> I told Father Smith one time, Reverend Smith, I just told you this the other night, I don't know if I did or not, you know, bless me for I've sinned, you know, my, what, what was your sins? What, name them. Well, I didn't go to Mass Sunday. Where did you go? Softball game. Yeah? What'd you do with the money your mother gave you? I chipped in for beer, <laughs> a quarter barrel, quarter keg. Really? And so he chided me. He says, I'm not forgiving your sins. Carry them for another week. You're going to go to hell. Let hell, raise on, let, let, let hell lay on you for one more week. 14-year-old boy, maybe 15. I know I went out. I went out and I started smoking and thinking. <laughs> 14 to gather <laughs> What am I going to do? I, ain't gonna carry. I know what I'm going to do. I figured it out. Bless me if I was sin. I didn't go to church. But with the next priest, there was four confessionals. There was three left I didn't go into. Bless me, Father, for I, I spent my mother's money she gave me for church. Bless me, Father, I drank beer. Whew! And I got out. They all gave me like five or six Hail Marys and, you know, whatever. That's like you have to do penance. You got to pay for your sins. You see? Isn't that crazy? Then you go Sunday and the priest is sacrificing a sacrifice made by his hands that can never take away sins. And that's what I'm looking forward to. Now, I sins are... By the way, Father Smith died Monday. I spoke to him Saturday at a confessional. Monday he died. The next Saturday, instead of hearing my confession, they were burying him in a churchyard. It'd be better to put a millstone around your neck than to mess with one of these little ones. You think God wanted me to carry my sins for a week? And as a Catholic, when people witnessed to me, I had such a difficulty. How can you know you're going to go to, dude, you're going to commit sins. You don't even know you're going to commit sins. How do you go sit here and say you're never going to commit murder? Or you, how can you tell me you're going to heaven? You don't know the future. You see everything's forward. Look, forward forgiveness. Everything's this way. And when we go so we've got to go back. The forgiveness is behind us, not before us. Amen. I have news for you. Every single one of you that are born again, they're either white as snow, whether you like it or you're not. Been predestined when you receive Jesus. Not you've been predestined, but the package is predestined. Whoever's a believer, whoever's a believer is before him right now, holy, unblameable, unreprovable, unrebukable, in love in his sight. You're a done deal. You're a done deal. You're a one and done deal. And so we have people who teach you can lose your salvation or, you know, if you get this thing straightened out, <laughs> there's no such thing you can lose your salvation. Because your salvation is nothing future. I just preached in a church. I preached this message. And a guy who, I don't know, he's like an elder, used to be the pastor of this church. He didn't even come back to hear the rest of my services because I heard he believed you could lose your salvation. But I think I didn't have no idea I was preaching this message. I was dealing with him. But I, I tell you one thing, God stuck a stinger in that guy's heart. I know. I know that guy's going to get cured. If he'll open his heart and mind up the truth, that older man who believes you can lose, you imagine telling people that you can lose your salvation based on future. No, no, no. Our salvation's back here. So many religions do this. I need to hurry up. Do I get paid overtime for this? I mean, after 8 o'clock, I mean, I start getting overtime. I believe the backward look to forgiveness is the biblical look. Turn to Hebrews. Hebrews. Remember we said the other night, not Hebrews, Hebrews. If she's making coffee, you need to straighten out your home, dude. <laughs> straighten out your home. 
The biblical review refers to a past sacrifice for the present and future forgiveness. Now, can I use this as an illustration? It was a, it, I don't know if it was a parable, it was true, uh, probably a parable. There was a priest, and there was a tax collector praying in a temple. And the priest prayed, if you look at it real close, to himself. You know when you're praying to yourself, when you're telling God how good you are? <laughs> God don't want to hear it. All right? So he prayed to himself. <clears throat> I'm, I'm, you know, I tithe, I give men, I pray often, blah, blah, blah. He said, I thank God I'm not like the guy in the back. The guy in the back said, Lord, be merciful to me. And really he was saying, where was he? And they were in the temple. What was in the temple? The mercy seat. By the way, isn't that a great word, seat? Seat? That means it doesn't get up. It doesn't change. It doesn't move. When something is seated, it's seated. It's permanent. It's there. And that publican... I don't know what time or what, but he was appealing this blood that was placed there prior to his arriving at the temple, which made it past tense. Lord, be mercy seated to me, a publican. I'm not worried that I so much look up to thee. Lord, look at the blood in my place. That man went home justified, just as if he never sinned. That man went home revived. That man went home saved because of blood. Boy, I love blood songs. And it really ticks me off when people say, well, death and the blood are equal. Oh, my goodness. You kill a lamb and you take the blood out. Lamb, that's too different. You, in fact, you kill the lamb by taking the blood out. But it's the blood that the life is in the blood. And God's given it to us on an altar that he can reconcile with us. God made a way. We don't make a way. God made the way. God wants you tonight. God's got blood for you. He wants to fellowship with you. He wants to reconcile. He wants to have unity with you tonight. And what's hindering? And by the time, I'm I'm telling you, you get this thing going. You're you're revived. You're up again. You're living again. Man, I've been in, there's sometimes in church, I got to confess six and seven times. (laughs) Say, why? Well, you've seen our church. You'd see why. Amen. (laughs) Sometimes I got to confess while I'm preaching. I get that. See, I I had a lot of bad years. Oh, you know, I wish I had a testimony like you, Dad. No, you don't. Because I'm doing my devotion, some of the filthiest jokes. Where's it come from? I'm preaching. I'm preaching. I'm thinking. And all of a sudden, I get a joke. Like, how did somebody up here talking to me? And I put my head down. like My people will know. Like, oh, my goodness. And sometimes the sad part is I laugh. It's like a funny joke. Like, what are you laughing at? I can't tell you. <laughs> but one of my favorite passages coming out of Catholic Church is this passage. And it's been my stay. My forgiveness is behind me. It's never before me. It's a done deal. And that publican went in, and it was a done deal. He used something that was prior, done in history. And you got to do the same thing. And when you're sowing, you got to stick with his story or history. I used to pray, dear God, save my mother. And then I said, forgive me. Lord, you already made it possible for her to be saved. Help her to know it. He doesn't save people. He already done everything to save them. They just have to believe. So I start praying, help my mother to believe that there's a salvation. It's already been supplied. My mother at 83, after beat me up many years, throw me out many years because I wouldn't shut up, got born again at Deacon Joe Mulholland's funeral. Joe Mulholland said to me, a 50-year-old deacon, I would die to see your mother saved. At his death, she got saved. Wow. He died on a Saturday or Sunday morning around 1 a.m. He was pronounced, and um, 
we canceled Sunday school. We all gathered. We just prayed and testified and comforted the family. Fifty years old, sudden, and I, and I they called me out in the hallway. They said it's a phone call. There's a lady named Pat. So I get, hey Pat, her name is Pat Capellas, filthy mouth, bar hopping, fifty-something-year-old woman, world nutcase, and her, her and Mr. Mulholland would fight constantly, and she'd curse at him and do all kinds of things. And she, I says, yeah, she says, this is Pat Capellas, the one who works with Joe Mahalo. I said, yeah, she says, I, I just got born again at my daughter's church. And I'm, I want him to be the first one to know it. I said, everybody knows it. No, 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 I just came out of church. I'm in the hallway. I'm using the pastor's phone. Uh, I said, he already knows it. How can that be? I said, when one soul gets saved, will the saints sing in heaven? And your name was mentioned this morning. What are you talking about? I said, Mr. Mulholland's in heaven. Wow. My mom gets born again. This lady, Pat, gets born again. By the way, she's still in church today, you know. My mom, they stick Blessed Mother medals and scapulars and Saint this and Saint that. And, uh, and uh, I said, Mom, what are you doing? You're like a junkyard. Look at all the metal you got. You go buy a magnet, you're going to go, you think you're going to heaven. Dominique, Estatazita, don't tell your sister, let him go, please. You know, I believe in the word. She came to the office that night. The body was in the next room. We're still viewing. And she says, I did it. She's only 4'10". I'm sitting down. We're about the same height. She said, I did it. What would you do, Mom? I accepted Jesus as my Savior. How would you do that? She says, John, John, you know that chapter you always tell me? If I believe in him, I never perish. I have everlasting life. And I always tell her, not behave. And she says, it don't say behave. It says believe. I said, well, Mom, how do you know that's true? Then she said this. I'm telling you, God is my witness. Heaven and earth will pass away, but God's a word and never pass away. He cannot lie. If I believe in him, I got everlasting life. She based it on the word of God. Man, she whispered. I said, my son was in the room. I said, tell Matt. Tell Matt what you just told me. And she did. Then my little sister came out. What, what are you doing in his office? Get out of his office. Why don't we tell you about this? Dominique, Because they wouldn't let her get near me. If I went to visit her within five to six, I don't know how they know I got there. Because she never picked the phone up, but they were there. Ha! Would you come see mommy? Yeah. What are you talking about? Oh, Jesus Christ and mommy's salvation, and she's going to go to hell. No, we're not. I just, you know, man, I would just embellish the fact that. My mother, too. Not just your mother, it's my mother. I mean, she's 95 years old. They're afraid to give her drugs. We don't want mommy to be a drug addict. Are you kidding me? I'm going to go get her some heroin from the street. I'm, I'm going to bring some methadone up here. Mommy, I love methadone. Daddy, you better not give me that kind of stuff. In our church, we've got a great supply of any drug you want. Amen? <laughs> anyway, let's look at these three points real quick. Real quick. It's a bi- the biblical forgiveness and assurance is in your past. If you are unforgiving, if you can't forgive yourself, you have a problem with history. You are not believing history or his story. That's your problem. That's your only problem. You believe this thing, you're going to jump up as white as snow. You're going to feel like a million bucks. A load's going to roll off you if you'll just believe what he says. Faith is the victory that overcomes this world. One appointment, Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27. One appointment. As it is appointed unto men once to die. One appointment. And that's not the day you're going to die. That means you're going to die one time. 
You're appointed, it's a, you're an appointment to die. It's, it's, a, it, it's not the time so much. It's that you're going to die. Uh, Firestone, his daughter took him, his granddaughter took him to church, and a guy preaches out of Genesis, have all the chapters, and so-and-so begot so-and-so, and after so many hundred years, he died. And so-and-so, and he died. And so-and-so, and he died. And so-and-so, and he died. And the girl was hysterical crying because she wanted her grandfather to hear a hot sermon on salvation. And Firestone went back to his office that day and contemplated and thought, and he called his granddaughter up, told her, come on over. He became a Christian because he realized, see, he didn't think he was going to die. And he realized he was going to die. And he asked his granddaughter to help him get saved and become a Christian. A message is appointed to die. You're going to die. If you're here tonight, young and old, I don't care who you are, if you're not sure for your salvation, you better get it before you get off the you know, In fact, you're not getting off the planet unless you do. You're staying on the planet, or in the planet. You want to get off the planet, you need, you need Jesus. But there's one appointment. And then there's one judgment. The rest of uh, verse 27. And, but after this, the judgment. What's the judgment? When we see judgment in the Bible, a lot of us think, oh, something bad. Judgment's a decision. That's what judges do. They make judgments. It's once you die, the, the, the decision's made. What decision? The decision you made. And many shall come to me and say, Lord, Lord, we preached your name. We did this your name. He said, I never knew you. That was a judgment. Go away from me, doers of iniquity. You didn't do the will of my father. He made a judgment based on his will. You, you die as a judgment made based on Scripture. <laughs> You believe God's will, how to be saved? You're saved. You don't. You try it on your own. We did good works. We preached in your name. We even cast out devils in your name. He said, I don't know you. When he says, I never knew you, he knew them, but not in salvation. And so it's appointed on the man. So there's one appointment, one judgment. And you want to go through this chapter and a chapter following and, and circle the word one or once. And one payment. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 28. So, I like the word so, conclusively, so, Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. When I see him, he don't have my sin. His new covenant in, in Hebrews 8, 12, and 13, and, and it's going to go on in chapter 10, verses 17 through 13 through whatever, the new covenant is he remembers our sins no more. Did you know tonight God cannot remember your sins because he made a covenant with you, an unconditional covenant that if you would believe in him, your sins would be as far east, as far as west, in the depths of the sea, forgotten, forgiven forever. It's a done deal. You're clean. Jump up and act like it. Confess that your faith is lacking. Your faith is the biggest problem you'll ever have. Every counseling session and everything I do, I start off with faith. And then I go back to one other step before faith. Do you believe God loves you? That's the first faith you have to have. God loves you. If you believe, you have faith that God loves you, then you can deal with any circumstance, situation you have. It's a faith issue. Faith is the victory. So I preach the victory. What's the victory? Faith. We need a word. Oh, pastor, I promise you. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to do this. I said, listen, you can do all you can. Your flesh is coming back like a, like a storm. You need faith in a word. Peter walked on water because he put faith in a word. Come. You need a word. If you're going to get delivered, you need a word. You need to get saved, you need a word. I mean, if you want to get right with someone, you need a word. God will give you a word. You're author and finisher of our faith. You know what that means? He, he gives you the words you need. He authors that very word, not just all the words. He'll author you a word you need. 
and then he'll finish it when you believe it. Well, you know, I believe, you know, you know, you know God said it, and I believe it, that settles it. And well, Listen, if you don't believe it, it's not settled. I believe it's settled whether you believe it or not. Uh, it's not settled. God's word won't we're not work in you unless you believe it. You've got to have faith to enact God's word. So listen, one appointment, one judgment, one payment. That's a backward look. That's behind us. Now look at chapter 10. I'm closing. Verses 11 and 12. I'm closing in on the time, I mean. I'm not closing the sermon. <laughs> 10 o'clock. So we're closing in on time. Chapter 10, verse 11. And every priest standeth daily, ministering and oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. Isn't that amazing? Now, you know what that is? That's, that's present or that's future. I got a priest going to come and give me, give me a sacrifice for my sins. But they can never take away sins. Look at verse 12. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down. That's seated. Whoa. On the right hand of God. Hey, our blood is seated. Our redemption is seated. He sat down. Hey, priest, get up. I've sinned again. By the way, that's the problem with the book of Hebrews. The Hebrew Christians, born again believers, after Jesus ascended, they sinned. And they did not know what to do with their future sins or the current sins, which were future from the time they believed, and they didn't know what to do. He went, oh, let's go back to the temple. Why are you going back there? He's better than the angels. He's better than Moses. He's better than Aaron. He's better than the sacrifice of the atoning of the lamb. He's better than Melchizedek. He's better. He's better. He's better. What are you going back there for? You don't have to go back. It's a one and done. It's one and done. And these priests are standing there. No, no, he sat down. It's seated. That blood was placed and it was seated. Our mercy is seated. I got a mercy seat too. I got a mercy seat. You ever pray to Jesus? You ever go to the temple? If you don't pray to the temple, you know what you're missing. You got to go to the temple that he's sitting in. Revelation gives you a little sight of it. There's a rainbow around. You know what rainbow is? I'm a promise keeper. Rainbow, I know they... uh, some community stole it from us. They have no idea what they stole. He's a promise keeper. <laughs> They're in trouble. <laughs> They're really in trouble. Hail <laughs> Mary, full of grace. I use it when I witness to that community. You got a rainbow, don't you, as a symbol. You, you know what that rainbow is? That's a symbol of, like, you know, reconciliation from judgment. Like, God's not going to. When I go to the throne, I'm scared. There's a rainbow around his throne. He says, I keep my promises, Dominic. I said, I will remember your sins no more. What are you afraid of? Stand up. Come on in. Come boldly. Come boldly. Walk in. I invited you. You didn't invite yourself. You're not here because of you. I told you to come. What can I do for you, son? I need to be a better husband this week. I'm, not, I'm failing as a dad. You know, I said the wrong thing to my daughter. Ooh. You need grace for the next second for you. Because... Authorities have to go humble themselves and say, forgive me. I blew it. I, I learned over rearing our children. My children are so forgiving. They'll forgive you, mom and dad, if you made a mistake. I made them trying to do right. And I'd rather fail on that end than not doing right at all. But I had to confess a lot of stuff. And boy, it's so hard. Church members, deacons, you know. And they're still, they're still for myself. I, I uh, uh, anyway. I find grace in every year of my life works. 
big works. We think of works as soul winning and cleaning the church. Forgiveness is, is based on faith, and it works. Grace will persuade you to forgive. One payment. Mine 28, we read that. Many payments, Hebrews chapter 11 and 12, that's the forward look. Oh, I got a priest. Look at verses 15 to 18. We're closing. 15 to 18. Chapter 10. Whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. <clears throat> For after that he had said before, that's Old Testament, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities, hallelujah, will I remember no more. Why is there any need for sacrifice if it's a one and done? That's why he sat down. Look at verse 17. And their sins and iniquities, will I remember no more. You ought to circle that, memorize it, hide it. Now, where the remission of these is, there's no more offering for sin. Having, therefore, brethren, the boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus Christ, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil. That is to say, his flesh. And then it goes on to say we have a high priest. And I don't really want to teach the book of Hebrews tonight. John 3.16, for God so loved the world. That's past tense. Romans chapter 5, verses 3-8. It says, while we were yet sinners and even enemies, he demonstrated his love when Christ died. That's history. That's past. As a Catholic, I looked forward. Jewish people look forward. Yom Kippur is coming. Oh, Dominic, I'm going to get my sin forgiven. I'm going to get my... I said, oh, we're, we're going to the Saturdays. We go every Saturday. You got to wait once a year? Man, we go every Saturday, dude. Why don't you come with me to the priest? I got some connections. Because oh, I, I, I became friends with them. I corrupted the Jewish kids. Told them how to smoke, how to steal. They were such good kids. And the Yushul and Marshall and, you know, yeah, all these crazy names. Cohen and Kaminsky and... They're my buddies. I used to go to synagogue on Friday night. I still got my yarmulke and I still got my prayer shawl. You know, I went to synagogue at 14 and 15 because they gave schnapps. Schnapps is little tiny liqueurs. Whole table full of whiskey glasses. Yeah. We used to get a free drunk every Friday night. I know you're a goy. I know you're a shikska. I know you're a Gentile. But come on in. I got a little yarmulke on and a prayer shawl. And I'd be there with all my Jewish buddies. Go to their bar mitzvahs, their sisters' bas mitzvahs. A very strong Jewish flavor. Dominic, Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur. Someone would say, Kippur, uh, Yom is day. Kippur is covering. There's a day of covering. And that's coming. It's coming. Our sins are going to be all forgiven. Do you have that? I said, we have it weekly. You're getting messed up, dude. Them rabbis ought to do a week job, you know, every week. <laughs> I don't know Jewish history and all this other stuff, but I try to make them jealous. Weekly. This funny story, Kenny Masters, a friend of mine who stuttered a lot, he had a hard time talking, but if he sang, he'd get the words out. I sent him the mass one day. You know that day I was playing baseball? And we chipped him for the keg? We sent many, because of many, we, we, two things your mother would ask you, what color vestments did the priest have on, and who won 50-50 tickets? There were the two things. So many of your assignment is, look at the color of the vestments the priest wearing, and who won the 50-50 tickets? He comes walking around the corner. He's headed to the scoreyard. We're all waiting for him for the answer. Here comes my sister. She's four years older than me. She's a nutcase. Her name's Yolanda. I mean, I love her to death, but what a nut. And she's tearing. She knows Minnie's going to give us the information we need. And she is. And I said, Minnie, Minnie's. What color did the priest vestments stuff? Sing it. 
Got it out. Here she comes. Oh, 50 tickets. 50, 50 tickets. <laughs> Who won the 50, 50 tickets? You didn't go to match. Why? I'm telling mommy. Uh, my mother come with a three-foot rolling pin right after that, swinging it. You know. True story. You know. Yeah. Minnie said he wanted to sell Bibles. He would make a million dollars. I said, you stutter. He said, well, I just say, you want to buy a Bible? What do you Want me to read it to you? <laughs> I don't know what you would choose, but I buy I buy a dozen of them. <laughs> oh, What's your view of your forgiveness? Are you waiting for it? Are you waiting for forgiveness? Are you waiting to get clean? Are you waiting for something to happen? It's already happened, and it takes faith. And if you'll just believe with the Lord Jesus Christ, the great work. We have such a hard time forgiving. Forgiveness. It's one appointment, one judgment, one payment. It's taken care of. We've been reconciled. What keeps us now is not having faith in that reconciliation. And God says, listen, I didn't save your flesh. I stuck your salvation in an enemy. Well, God, I want to be perfect. I want to, you're not going to be. St. Paul was striving to be, and he didn't know the, the, the total death of Christ and the power of the total resurrection. He said, but I'm striving. He couldn't get to it. But I tell you what he did had, mercy, and he didn't quit. See, because he couldn't be totally to the death, and couldn't be, you know, having a total death, and he couldn't have that total power of the resurrection, he needed mercy. He wasn't arrived, and so do you. And it's humiliating, it's humbling, but that'll really keep us together, don't you think? In fact, the first John, first chapter 1, verse 7 says, if you will walk in the light as he is in the light, you'll have fellowship with him and one with another. Why? Because that humbles us. How are we going to point any fingers with three come back? If you don't need blood tonight, then you're really special. I need to speak to you. But everybody in this room needs blood tonight, tonight, tomorrow, and throughout the day tomorrow because you're going to stumble and fall. Because God puts salvation in me. And when you believe it, you'll get up and run. You'll get up and run. Revival is not corporate, it's individual. And God's taking care of the individual need for salvation, sanctification, service. You name it, the blood will take care of it. And having mercy, you get the grace. But you can't get grace without mercy. If God has used this ministry in any way to be a blessing to you, please take a moment to send us an email to info at opendoornj.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at opendoornj.org. Thanks for tuning in.